the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Free Show, talking about life, relationships, and achieving. Here's your host, Sue Freeze. I just want to say thank you to you. Thank you for joining in today. And, uh, you know, it's 2017, and 17 is my favorite number. And so I said before 2017 appeared and before it came, even though I knew it was coming, that it was going to be a fantastic year. And our belief system can really make a difference, can't it? And sometimes we don't understand just the power of our words, our power of our thoughts, and how our thoughts make words come out of our mouths. And sometimes we can catch ourselves saying things and saying, gosh, you know, I really shouldn't have said that, or I didn't mean to say that. And that's really not the truth. That's not really what I want to say. And if we're aware of that, it can really change uh, moving forward in our belief system. We have to be cautious and conscious of our choice of words and be aware of what you are saying because it's exposing what you believe. It's very interesting, but it is so true. You can learn a lot uh, about a person, not only what they say, but also their body language and the nonverbals. You just have to be paying attention. And uh, I don't know why I said all of this other than before I came on, I prayed, Lord, whatever you want me to say, you just, you know, it's your words. And somebody needed to hear that. And I don't know, was it you? So 2017, uh, you know, my son was born in July. Uh, He's 35 this year. And I'm just like, wake me up at 35. I'm not old enough to have a 35-year-old son. But I am old enough to have a 35-year-old son. And I celebrate him. I remember the day, 16 hours of labor. Uh, He did not want to come out. He just did not. He was very comfortable in there. And 16 hours later, I just, I finally got to the point, and this is how I realized just how painful labor can be, is I looked at the doctor and I said, cut me open, get this kid out. And, uh, you know, I am very much not into surgery and cutting and all of that. Uh, I just don't want any of that. Um, But in this case, I reached that level of exhaustion to where, uh, you know, I just said, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Cut me open. Uh, he needs to come out now. And he came out and he was beautiful. And no, they did not cut him. It, they did not cut me open. He did come out the natural way. And, uh, you know, whoo, boy, I remember a little bit about that. You know, God, God allows us not to feel that pain. Because if we did, mothers, if we did feel all that pain, we would never have number two. We just never would. We would never have another child if we remembered, completely remembered how painful that was. And so for that, I'm grateful because if I had remembered, I wouldn't have my beautiful little daughter, Tiana, school teacher, Christian school teacher and uh, wedding photographer and uh, very colorful and bright. And, you know, just I'm just very thankful that I don't remember just how painful that was. Anyway, 
So moms out there, I celebrate you, those of you that have had children. Uh, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing. And celebrating my son's birthday 35 years ago, I just it's amazing to me. It just really is amazing to me. So sometimes I uh, uh, read from Jesus Calling, and I've heard from many of you who go online and connect with me by going to Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. You go on there and you say, I bought the book because you keep referencing it, and it's so good. And if you haven't bought the book, I recommend you buy it. No, I don't have any stock in it. Uh, you know, it's just really, really good. So I'm going to read from it right now, and here's what it says. Worship me only, not me, Sue Freeze, but me, Jesus Christ. Worship me only. Idolatry has always been the downfall of my people. I make no secrets about being a jealous God. Current idols are more subtle than ancient ones because today's false gods are often outside the field of religion. People, possession, status, and self-aggrandizement aggrandizement, that's a new word for me, are some of the most popular deities today. Beware of bowing down before these things. False gods never satisfy. Instead, they stir up lust for more and more. You know, when it says beware of bowing down, it doesn't literally mean that you need to bow down in order for it to be an idol. You know, just things that come before your love of Christ. Things that come before uh, putting him first in your life can be considered an idol. So just realize that, that you don't have to, you know, um, I used to have, there was a, a friend of mine and actually family members that that had a big Buddha that meant something uh, to them because of where they got it and it had some emotional tie. And I mentioned to them that, you know, they really probably should do something about that. And they said, why? I don't bow down to it. It's It's not like that. But our God is a jealous God, and he doesn't want us to put anything before him. So check yourself. Just ask yourself that question when you're something that you just can't live without or, oh, that's so important to me. How important is it really? You know, and I, you got people that have uh, followed along with me in this eight and a half year um, jaunt or experience of being on the radio know that I talked about uh, theft, continual theft going on in my business and at home. And it really gave me a new understanding as to our material things and how they, um, I don't know, very sad, very sad that I lost some things that I felt were very important to me. But I had to remind myself that they were material things. I had to realize that I could let that just take over and just keep me in a turmoiled situation or I could say they're material things I could replace them if I needed to or wanted to but really in the grand scheme of things how important are they and what is really important what are the things that are most important to you what are they if you had a piece of paper and a pen what would you write down as far as the things that are most important to you tuning in right now I just want to say thank you and if you don't know you know where you are or what you're listening to right now you're listening to the Sue Freeze show Sue Freeze spelled like fries one word dot com I would like very much to connect with you because this right now is a one-way conversation I'm speaking into a mic and you are on the other end listening and I'd like to connect I'd like to know who my listeners are who are you really 
It's a really deep question, isn't it? I'd just like to know your name, what you're going through, you know, your life, how you found Sufri's on the dial. We are syndicated and we go all up and down uh, the state of California. I have stations that have picked me up. So from San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo, uh, you can hear me. And on the Internet, on iTunes, iHeart, you can listen no matter where you are in Paris, Rome, wherever you are. And I do have friends in all areas. It's very exciting to me to have them connect with me. But connect with me, would you? So the Lord revealed to me that I should have more connection and spoke into a person here at the radio station saying, Sue, I need to have a lunch with you because I need to talk to you about what I feel you need to do next. And so what came out of that is the lunch with Susie or dinner with Susie, but most likely it's lunch with Susie, where you take two hours out of your busy and my busy schedule and we meet, we actually get to physically see eye to eye. We get to talk about what's important to us. We we need to get to know each other on a different level, a deeper level. And it's so exciting for me because of this radio conversation that is one-sided for me to see the faces, for me to get to know you. And so the next lunch is July 27th, and it's going to be at BJ's in Oxnard. I don't have the address, but this forces you to go on to the Sue Free site, Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word dot com. Go there and you can find out all the information in RSVP. It does cost you $25. That includes lunch. Uh, there's other things that you will get at that luncheon. And so I really, really, really would love to see you. It's very small. It's not a big, like 500 or 100 people. This is having a meal around a table where, you know, I will ask you a question. You'll ask me a question. We'll get to know each other. And, uh, you know, I think the total seating uh, ability is 20. And uh, we are going to promote it heavily now, just starting now. So if you're listening and you want to join in, I would love to meet you. And even if I've met you before and you want to just have lunch with me, I would love that. I really would love that. So to finish this, when you seek me instead of the world's idols, you experience my joy and peace. How many want to have more joy and more peace? I'm raising my hand right now because, yes, I want more joy and more peace. These intangibles slake the thirst of our of your soul, providing deep satisfaction. The glitter of the world is tiny and temporal. The light of my presence is brilliant and everlasting. Walk in the light with me. Thus, you become a beacon through whom others are drawn to me. You know, my prayer on a regular daily basis is, Lord, help me be a light in the darkness. Do you want to be a light in the darkness? I definitely do. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Exodus twenty four five. And I love this one. You are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. Second Samuel twenty two twenty nine. So good. You're listening to the Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5 KPRZ. Thank you so much, San Diegans, for tuning in today. The Word in Ventura, Oxnard area. Thank you so much for tuning in there and on up the coast. Um uh, 
I can't list all the radio stations right now. So thank you so much for joining in. And uh, please connect with me, would you, by going to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Today's radio show uh, already, I mean, I could shut off right now and I feel like the nuggets that have already been planted would be enough to get us through another week. But there's more. I love it. Uh, giving your word. There's an article by John O'Reed, and uh, it's called Ready Answer, uh, was the magazine I think it came from, in the year 2000. But uh, it talks about the parable of the two sons and giving your word. Personally, I like to talk sometimes about the lessons that I'm learning and the parables of work-related versus personal-related lessons that I learn. And sometimes it's easier for us to receive a lesson, obviously from someone else, so you don't have to go through it personally. But sometimes the Lord allows us to go through these lessons because maybe we're being stubborn. Maybe we just need to, to, to get a deeper lesson. I don't know. You'd have to ask him when you... When you can talk to him uh, about these things, you know, you can pray to him and ask him to reveal things to you. Or when you get into heaven and you can say, you know, God, why? Because um, we don't have all the answers here on this earth. There's so many times in, in my life I've said, gosh, I don't understand this, Lord. I just don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand why this happened or why my dad died of cancer. I don't understand the abuse. I don't understand these things. And uh, all I can uh, relate to is for me to follow his promises, to understand and believe his promises, so that when I do have that moment in time when I can ask and maybe understand, or maybe it won't even be important then, I don't really know. All I know is, is he gives me the rule book for life in the Bible, and I find my answers there. And sometimes the lessons are so long. We have to endure a long race And I'm thinking about people that I love dearly right now that are going through trials and tribulations right now. And, you know, they they will talk to me about these things. And so badly, I want to have, you know, wave the magic wand. And I want to, I just want to fix. I want to fix it for them so they don't have to hurt. I, I know you know what I mean because there's people that we love and we just would like to take the pain away, right? We'd like to take the pain away and just, you know, make everything better. And not always is that possible. And and when I think about that, I think about my life. Uh, you know, I'm reaching the other side, a new chapter, of course. And I'm thinking to myself, all the things that I went through that I know my mom would have liked to have kissed the boo-boos goodbye and made it easier and better for me. But I realized that Sue Freeze wouldn't be Sue Freeze without what she's been through. And in that, I find peace. I find that uh, forgiving those that have trespassed against me and finding the um, the lesson and the sensitivity that I now have and I can share because I've been through what I've been through. So if that's a help, it doesn't make the pain go away. You know, even though as much as I want to, and, and I know God looks down at us and says, you know, I really would like to make this easier on you. And yes, he could, but his purpose is, is to make us the best us we can be, right? He, as, as parents, we want to just do so much for our children. And recently, um, in sharing in a college graduate and going and picking up the furniture and, and going through the drive up, drive back, and, and hearing the conversations and, and feeling what's going on now, like what's the next step, 
I just, I remember back. I remember back to when I was there and when my children were there. And and as parents, do we really do ourselves and our children a favor by making it easy, by doing it for them? Or is it better for them to do it for themselves so they understand and actually understand the sacrifice and understand and value the situation, the time, their life, and making every minute count? And it really brought that all home this last weekend, just going through that for another child. Uh, It was kind of interesting to watch. So the parable of two sons is talking about giving your word. On a personal note, I can say that You know, I remember a time when a handshake was enough and our word was enough. And now in this legal world that we live in and how um, I I had an agreement with somebody I thought was somebody that I had a friendship with. And as time went on and, and things weren't as they seemed, I realized that maybe um, everybody doesn't think the same as I do as far as our word being our word and our word being our bond and uh, having to hire an attorney and going through legal action when really you just want to sit at the table like you did at the very beginning on a handshake to say, wait a minute, that was enough at the beginning. Why isn't it enough now? But people say, no, just talk to my lawyer. I just think that's like, no offense, lawyers and attorneys. Uh, There's a time and a place for everything. Um, But if I can correct a wrong if I can sit at a table and, 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 you know, seek understanding, you know, seek to understand the other party's position more than seeking to, un- to be understood, if I can do that and I can make a win-win out of any situation, the cost factor of trying to do it another way is so grand and not only just money, not only financial, but in every aspect. And this goes for people that made an agreement to get married uh, in in a, a job situation where you have an agreement in employment, any situation, our word should be our word. So when does that not apply? When, when does, when can we change that? So um, I'm setting the stage here for this article and I haven't even, uh, well, I'm just going to go through this. So parable of two sons We are all familiar with sayings such as a man's word is his bond. Yes, we are. Or a handshake is as good as a contract. These sayings belong to another age. We live in a world where contracts are worth only the paper they are written on and promises are broken with impunity. Today, a man's word means little and a handshake is merely a handshake. The keeping of one's word seems so unimportant in their society. Like the world around us, we could view the honoring of what we pledge as being insignificant, but those called by God should never do so. Indeed, keeping our word is of the highest importance to him. And in fact, it is a criterion for entering into his kingdom. Did you catch that? Psalm 15.1 asks the question, who may dwell in your holy hill? The psalm then answers this question with a list of qualifications of those God will accept into his family. Are you ready? Those who walk uprightly, work righteousness, speak the truth, do not backbite, do no evil to their neighbor, and so forth. One quality near the end of the list is most appropriate to keeping our word. 
He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. It's in verse 4. We all have compromised. I wished that I had always kept my word, but I, like many of us, did not. We have our justifications for going back on what we have said. Sometimes we just compromise with what we promised by only fulfilling it partially. At other times, we explain that circumstances have changed, whether in our lives or in the larger society, so it is no longer binding. We may shrug it off as a foolish pledge made in the heat of battle. Many times we simply forget what we agreed to do because its importance fades over time. The human mind can reach genius levels when it comes to making up excuses. God cuts through all of our justifications with this easily understood qualification. If we want to be in his kingdom, we must keep our word, even if it hurts. Two solemn vows. Most of us experience two wonderful occasions where we make long-term vows. Marriage and baptism. The marriage vow is the most important promise we will ever make to another human being. Nevertheless, as the years roll by, we tend either to forget our vows or, as the old saying goes, to allow familiarity with our spouse to breed contempt. From time to time, it is good to review what we promised before God in our marriage covenant. As the groom, a man agrees in covenant with his bride and God to take her as his lawfully wedded wife until his or her death. His responsibilities include loving her, cherishing her, honoring her, and providing for her. Similarly, a woman promises to be bound to the groom as her lawfully wedded husband until death parts them. Like her husband, she has additional God-ordained responsibilities to submit herself to him and respect him. Christian marriage is a laboratory for learning how to live in harmony with another person. (laughs) I like that. Laboratory for learning how. From how we treat our mates, God can see how we will do in our relationship with his son, our bridegroom, see Luke 16.10. Likewise, how we keep our vows to our mates will show him how faithful we will be to him. Overall, life's most serious promise is the one we make at baptism. I'll continue on with that, but we are going to go to a break in a second. So I just want to say this, is that those that are in Christian marriages where we've made promises, is there any time when we are allowed to stop this? You know, we say that we can make excuses and justify our decisions. And uh, in the Bible, it talks about hardness of heart, and it talks about infidelity as being the two ways marriages can break. So I will talk a little bit more about that after the break, uh, because I really want to talk about this because I've been through this. And I know that, uh, you know, as Christians, we can get beat up pretty strong, pretty significantly by ourselves on, is it okay? And when is it okay? So we will talk a little bit more. I'm going to be a little vulnerable in this uh, arena after this brief break. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at Ecola. 
I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother and Ecola cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. Ecola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. Ecola termite and pest control. 877-332-BUGS. All right, it's David James. My friend, Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola, is here. And, Sue, you were just telling me that allergies and termites have something in common? Dave, if you have a problem with termites in your home but also suffer from allergies and chemical sensitivity, we offer an array of termite control services that will be able to solve your problem without putting your health at risk. Our Ecola heat process uses extreme heat instead of chemicals to kill and remove termites and any other pests that may be infesting your home. Yes, and you were telling me about the awesome electro gun treatments it sends electricity through the wood and you use it as part of your termite control services they're very effective so if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals know that we have an array of options for termite control don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home call ecola termite pest control services now 800-332-BUGS 800-332-BUGS or termitelady.com ecola powerful termite and pest control as gentle as a butterfly. Here's your host, Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Services, for sponsoring this show. And if you need termite or pest control, of course, you, you should call Ecola. Call the termite lady and uh, let them take care of you there. And Learning to Breathe is a book that was written uh, when I had to lay down and be still and know that he is God, and for me to get the healing I needed. Also, it was a time when I was making some very, very strong decisions, and I felt like the Lord was, you know, just keeping me to stay put. I had to stay in a house, and I had to get the healing I needed. So I wrote the book called Learning to Breathe, because I, for one, have to remind myself sometimes in my excitable states uh, you know, I'm, I run on high all the time, and I just sometimes have to remind myself to breathe. And so the book title became so, so correct in learning to breathe is so much more than asthma, respiratory issues, and my journey with my son to help him be able to breathe. But just, uh, it's a life story. It's a life journey uh, that I that I carried on with my son. But during that time, this whole decision on stay or go in my marriage, uh, it's not something I talk about frequently, but I'm feeling that right now is a good time for me to bring this up. And I'm just going to touch on it. I'm not going to delve in completely. I'm not really prepared to do that. But I will say that when is it okay to uh, make a decision to stop in the covenant and in the bible it talks about hardness of heart which doesn't make anyone happy to think that they have a hardness of heart 
but maybe it's not them. Maybe it's the other party that has a hardness of heart and not not a willingness to work on, to accept responsibility, to um, to just admit that there is an issue, to identify it and to attack it head on and to say, look, here's where we are, as unpretty as it might be, and, you know, get the help that is needed, uh, find the help that is needed and uh, look to the Lord and the Bible for guidance on what's the next step. But if you don't have two parties in a relationship that are willing to work on the relationship and you have a hardness of heart, then what do you do with that? Where do you go? And what does God want? What does God want in this situation? What does God want out of marriage? He wants it to be a ministry. He wants your marriage to be a ministry to where other people are going to look at that marriage and say, I want what they have. I want that God relationship. I want that marriage where God is in the center of that marriage. And, you know, even though they are, uh, you know, flaw, they have flaws and they're working through their details. They love one another and they're, they're going to just not waver in that their love for the Lord and their love for each other is not going to waver. And no matter what comes their way, they're going to work it out together. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a marriage. But when you have marriages where you're sleeping in separate rooms and you're not really addressing the issues, is that really a God marriage? Is that really what God wants? My answer is, I don't think so. So um, I, I'm looking at a piece of paper that was written by a friend of mine. His name is Tim and uh, Philobosian, and I went to Israel with him. And he writes these little newsletters, and I, I'm going to just he, – he listens to my show, so he'll be happy that I'm doing this right now. But he's talking about, uh, you know, the rulers and following God's will, and uh, I'm going to read what this says. It's, This does not mean that we must support every action or proposal of presidents, politicians, senators, or representatives, but we must be guided by biblical principles, dignity, and respect. Here's another vital consideration. There is a difference between submit and obey. When authorities demand that we violate biblical principles, it is clear we are to uphold the word of God. Shortly after the resurrection, the disciples were bold in their preaching. The religious leaders ordered them to stop their speaking. Peter's response, we must obey God rather than men, Acts 5.29. We see the same principles in the refusal of the Jewish midwives to slay Moses, Daniel's refusal to stop praying, avoiding the return to Herod after finding Jesus in Bethlehem. The general principles is we are to submit to God-ordained authority. Here's Paul's caution. The ruler is God's servant to do you good, Romans thirteen four. So what is that saying? It's saying that God has to be first in our lives if we are going to be successful for what God created us to do and be. Our purpose on this earth is to live a righteous life. And that's very interesting because righteousness came up in my mind as I was driving all the way to Cal Poly over the last weekend. And I was talking about, you know, righteousness. What does that mean exactly? Righteousness. And so I had my Bible open because I have this this uh, index cards that I got at Big Lots, by the way, and it's kind of cool. And, uh, you know, my goal was is to memorize scriptures. And so I have this these index cards where I'm writing scriptures on there that mean something to me. Every scripture is very important, but there's some that just touch you in a deeper place that 
feed you and help you in a trying time maybe or give you encouragement when you need it you know all of those things so um i i wrote down romans three twenty two, and i wrote next to it righteousness because what does that look like and what is that so here's what i wrote this righteousness from god comes through faith in jesus christ to all who believe there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So, you know, I really love that we all have fallen short of the glory of God, but by his grace, we are saved. Think about that. You know, we can try, try, try and work, work, work and be the best us we can be. And we're called to do that. We're called to live a righteous life. Do we fall short? Yes. Does God know that? Yes. But he still sent his only son to die for us, to take that sin away from us through his grace so that we can live an abundant life. I just wrote to James Craft. He just put something on Facebook about um, their anniversary. And I guess their anniversary is on my son's birthday. And I thought that was so cool because he's the one with me that baptized my son in a lake at a Christian event once. And I thought it was really special that I didn't realize that their anniversary was on my son's birthday. I just think that's really special. And I wrote to them, out of obedience comes blessing. Because their marriage is a testimony of going through the fire big time. He's been on my show and you can look up his podcast, James Craft. They wrote a book because he was struggling with pornography and he was, you know, a minister and, and they had gone to Hawaii and, and there's a, it's a big long story and it's no secret because they're not letting the secret, uh, you know, overpower them. There's a testimony in their faithfulness of, God working through them, even in the pain and suffering of them going through a very dark, dark time. So look up James Craft. Um, it's it's really, actually he was on more than once, I think, but him and Terry are a testimony of what God can do, the healing power through his grace, because James was really into things that, you know, God wasn't happy about, and neither was his wife. And he has children and, and, you know, daughters. And so, you know, if I've created any curiosity, that's a good thing. If you struggle with pornography, it's a terrible thing. You know, um, there was this in, in, in my situation. Uh, there was pornography, and it's not something that's been spoken. And I can tell you that, you know, people will say, well, I'm just looking. I'm not touching. So there's no problem, right? That's such a lie from the devil. Such a lie from the devil. So uh, we talked about marriage being that solemn vow, um, and then we were going into baptism. I have a new watch, so if you hear this little ding, it's my new watch that keeps dinging, which means I'm somebody's trying to connect with me somehow. So I'm trying to sit on my watch just to make it quiet, so <laughs> it's a pretty funny sight. Anyway, so um, overall, life's most serious promise is the one we make at baptism. When we solemnly promise to give our lives unconditionally to God, we give our word to work to change from what we are and become what God is, to take on his very nature. We vow to give ourselves wholeheartedly to keeping his laws and doing good, which express our love toward him and our fellow man. So righteousness is being more like Christ, right? That's what we're called to do. And uh, I'm looking at another index card because um, this really hit me too. The purpose 
people say, I am not, I don't know what my purpose is because I talk about purpose all the time because I told my children, both of them, that you were created for a specific purpose and you, my child, you that I'm talking to right now that God's talking through me to, you have a specific purpose and college grads right now, they're all wondering what is their purpose? What are they going to do with the rest of their lives? And do you remember that if you're older than college age? Do you remember how stressful that was to not have an answer when people say, so what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You know, it's, it's not an easy answer, but it's okay. Because if we look at what we're good at, that's where we need to focus. And so when I was looking at my Bible and I was, uh, there was something written on the side here, it says purpose to be more like Christ. So if we do nothing more than that, if our purpose is to be more than Christ, that's something we can grab a hold of right now and do. Because I'm very action-oriented. I'm results-oriented. I don't talk. I act. I, I, um, I put my mouth where I put my feet where my mouth is, I guess. Uh, I, I take action. I'm a get-or-done kind of person. And I think there needs to be more of that. Because we can talk and talk and talk. But it's those that do that make the difference. And that's the, and the, the parables of the two sons is talking about that too. So purpose is to be more like Christ. And then in capital letters, I put to serve, to be more than conquerors, Romans eight twenty eight. I also wrote here, and this is for somebody. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose predestined, justified, and glorified. You're listening to the Sue Free Show, and I'm so thankful you've tuned in, and it is no coincidence that you've tuned in. It's when God decides to stay anonymous, but I'm not even letting him stay anonymous right now because I'm telling you it's a God thing. Uh, This show is a God thing. I mean, who would have thought in a million years I wouldn't have said that this would be where Sue Freeze would be right now, but uh, it's where God wants me. And uh, obviously, if you're on the station with me right now, then God wants you here too. And there's a golden nugget. And sometimes we turn the channel and we walk out before we get that golden nugget. But if we are purposeful, if we are intentional in what we are doing every day, every minute of every day, you will find that you're going to get more out of everything that you do because you're going to be scanning. You're going to be listening for that golden nugget. I always say when I put my time, if I invest my time in anything, this is a golden nugget for some of you. But if I'm going to invest my time in anything, I walk out from that segment of time and I'll say, what is the lesson, Sue? What did you just get? What did you learn out of this segment? And right now, some of you are going through the motion and going through the day and the day starts and the day ends same amount of time for every single person. Are you getting the most out of every minute of every day? And what can you do different today to get more out of today? Because here's the thing. We only have so many minutes. God already knows when we're going to leave this earth. God knows. We might not know, but God does. And would you change your belief system, your thinking, the way you handle and tackle each day if you knew you only had two weeks left? Talking about those material things, think about that. Are they really important? If you had two weeks left to live, would that gold chain really mean as much to you? Because that's the question I had to ask myself. Would it really matter? No. Material things. 
don't matter. You can't take it with you. But what do you take with you? And what do you leave behind? I've had people die in my life. There's some of you that haven't had a mom or a dad die or a sister or a brother die, but there's some of you that have. And I'm so sorry for that. And hopefully they're in a better place and you know that you'll see them again. Hopefully. Hopefully. But for those of you that haven't lost anybody, you don't really understand. You can't understand just how important every moment is. But when that happens to you, after the first one of losing somebody important to you, you're going to realize just how important a person in your life is. And, you know, you just got to, you got to really grasp every moment you can to tell that person how you feel about them, that you love them. You know, I, I need to do it more. I mean, I don't know anybody that does it enough. And I always say, you know, when someone gives me a hug, I met a new person today. His name's Brock. I love that name. Uh, but I had, you know, some people come and visit me today at work. And, uh, you know, I just met this guy. And I shake his hand like in business you do. And he gets up and he wants a hug. And, and I'm like, you know what? You can never get enough hugs. And I'm a hugger too. But, you know, it's just amazing though. Because, uh, you know, hugging is just not as acceptable, I guess, in the business world. But, you know, if you see me and you want to give me a hug, I'm all in. I'm all in. All right. So the baptism, we said that is very important. He expects us to keep his this promise in spite of all the problems in society in the church or within ourselves he will help motivate and strengthen us in doing all these things but he expects us to do our best at keeping our word the apostle paul puts this in very stark terms when we give our lives to christ we became bond slaves of righteousness romans six eighteen. read it and our vow at baptism binds us to see god's work in us to finish are God's work in us to finish, to the finish line. An unkept promise, Matthew twenty-one twenty-eight thirty-two, 32, contains the story of two sons, one who said he would not do the work his father asked of him, yet did, and another who promised to work but did not. Jesus may have taken the theme of this parable from Isaiah 5, 1 through 7, which some commentators call the song of the vineyard. God pictures Israel and Judah as a vineyard. He does all he can for them, planting, protecting and feeding them. But instead of the vineyard producing wonderful grapes, it produces wild grapes that are good for nothing. The reason his people will not listen to him, they will promise to obey and give the appearance of belonging to him, but they will not really work at at it. Thus, they do not produce what God expected. Who are the characters in the parable of the two sons? The father is God, The first son who flatly refuses to work in the vineyard represents the weak, foolish, and base of this world. See 1 Corinthians 1, 26-27. The second son who promises to work yet never shows up represents hypocrites. Those who appear or profess one way but act another. The work the father asks them to do corresponds to living God's way of life. The first son who answers, I will not, gives a carnal answer from a carnal mind. This is the mind all of us had before God called us out of the world. His answer displays no hypocrisy because he sincerely did not want to come under God's authority. He's guilty of bold rebellion. You know anybody like that? The second son who says, I go, makes a promise that he never fulfills and possibly never intends to fulfill. His word contradicts his performance. He's all words and no action. 
While his father is present, he conceals his determination to disobey. He is a liar. As Jesus says in Luke six forty six. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? This son's guilt combines deception with disobedience. In the parable, both sons hear and respond verbally to their father's command, one negatively, one positively. The one who promises to obey but never follows through is just as guilty as if he had refused from the first. Though his promise to work may make him look good on the surface, his father will never accept his act of disobedience. At this point, we have no reason to prefer one above the other. Both are guilty of sin. However, their ultimate actions prove them different. After his blunt refusal, the first son repents of his sin and goes to work for his father. He sets his heart to do what his father wants. Though he promptly promises, the second son fails to perform. The first changes from bad to good, but the second does not change at all. If he makes any change, he goes from bad to worse. Time to perform. I would type that in bold letters and put it up somewhere in my workplace. I think I'm going to do that. Time to perform. Toward the end of the parable, Jesus poses the question, which of the two did the will of his father? The obvious answer is he who repented and went to work. When Jesus tells the Pharisees, that the tax collectors and harlots would go into his kingdom before them because these blatant sinners believed and repented while the religious people did not. The warning to us is not to be a son who promises to work, then neglects to keep his word. God has called us, you and me, and we have accepted that calling, promising we would work. Now we must perform what we have promised. We are living in an era of God's church. And the effect of this is that many are letting down. Many are not faithfully keeping God's commandments and neglecting his Sabbath and holy days. Church attendance is sporadic. Tithing is erratic. Too many have lost their zeal for God and his way of life. And they are veering away from the path to the kingdom. For many things are going well as they are indeed rich and increased with goods. By this world standard, somehow we equate this as God's approval, but God may well be patiently letting out rope so that we will either hang on to what God has given us or hang ourselves. Many in society fail to keep their promises. Our leaders in government do not keep their word. In this world of distrust, nothing is sure. In such a morally lax environment, we can easily let down and give in. The only true stability we have is God. He has promised he will never leave us nor forsake us. Hebrews thirteen five, And he is faithful in all he has promised to us. Our job then is to be faithful in all we promised him. It is not too late to rededicate ourselves to fulfilling our commitment to God and seeking his kingdom. So that's the article. I'm reading it. I didn't write it. I'm reading it. And I'm just saying that I believe it. I agree with it. And I'm sharing it with you because that's what I do. Uh, When I find things that I feel are going to be helpful to you, I want to share them with you. And I hope that's okay. So what I would like for you to do is share this show with other people. 
And if you are anywhere near Oxnard Ventura for July 27th, go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Look it up, RSVP. You can go on uh, PayPal, $25, and uh, seating is limited. I want to see you there. I want to meet you in person. I want to find out what you're dealing with, what your life has been like, what you need for prayer. Connect with me on the Sue Freeze site, and, uh, you know, let's connect, okay? I'm all about pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Can you can you feel that when you listen to the show? Do you get that? I'm very passionate about helping those that I come in contact with. And I feel that, and this is my belief, and I think our belief is everything, what you believe in your head. And if you want to change how you think, if you want to, go to Sue Freeze, uh, the Sue Freeze site. And when you go there, go to the IMs. I have two different tiles there for IMs. One is a free where you can download the free IMs and you read those every day. Read them every day and it'll change your belief system about who you are. Because sometimes we listen to lies. And you know what? We have to believe what God says about us. Because he's going to build you up and he's going to tell you just how wonderful and beautifully made you are. How could you not be? He created you. You're very special to him. And you might not feel like that right now. And I get it. Believe me, I've been there. I've been where I didn't feel very good. I didn't feel worthy of anything. But then the Lord revealed himself to me, and he can reveal himself to you. And if you're already a believer, maybe this is just a, a, a reminder for you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Be a light in the darkness. And just love people. Don't judge people. That's what I'm going to say. So God bless you. Bye-bye. Call me a dreamer. Oh, it's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.